and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Here, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Johnson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I am joined, as always, by Luke. Luke, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. And uh, we've also got a special guest with us this week, uh, Rochdale AFC ladies manager, Todd Nielsen. Todd, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Uh, thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ladies team because it's not something that we've uh, we've spoken about enough, really, on the podcast so far. So um, we'll dive straight into it, Todd. You were, you were announced as the new uh, first team coach a few months ago. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your background in coaching and how you got to this uh, to this level? Yeah, um, I mean, I was with the under-16s last year. I had, uh, I just sort of like, you know, I think like everyone, you know, the coaching is such a commitment, um, especially at sort of amateur level. And, the amount, you know, the amount of work that gets put into anything from under-7s to open-age teams is, you know, crazy. So, like anybody, I've had, you know, full-time job and all those things. And, you know, I've just had, I had a little bit of time last year and I've, I've sort of been coaching on and off throughout you know last 15 years really and um yeah and I was sort of doing sort of university coaching before that and some some other bits and bobs um down in Oxford and stuff and uh yeah and I decided to get involved just with the local community because I've moved to Milnrow sort of fair few years ago now but and obviously I've been up to Rochdale quite a few times and you, know, you bump into Rochdale fans all the time so you know I sort of reached out to them and they had a little space and yeah it was a really successful year we sort of won the league and everything so there was a little space there then to uh, move up into the open age and I think I had a few chats with what they wanted to do and I think you know they kind of reflected where I wanted to go with it as well so that was kind of uh, it was quite an easy transition really. Nice I, I noticed that um, that record last season, you went unbeaten with the under 16s. That was yeah, some yeah. achievement. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was a weird season for every part of life. And but I don't know, in some ways, I feel like sport was impacted in a like completely unique way. In that, I guess we just, I don't know, any football fan, you take it for granted that football is going to be on every weekend. You know, it's Tuesday, Saturday night. You, you've got this sort of like fixture list in your mind a little bit, especially if you're like a season ticket holder or something like that, you know. And even with parents, they've got this mind that, you know, this, you know, this part of the winter, when it's winter, you know, it's football season. It just comes into that like, uh, and not, and we had, we just had a situation where we sort of won our league, but it kind of like got to the halfway, or we beat everybody sort of thing. And it got to a bit of a halfway point and they sort of re-scrambled everything. And, you know, it was, it was a big change for everybody. It was difficult, really. And I think you could see how eager everyone was to get back and grateful really I think grateful of what 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 we've got there and like the structures we've got especially here in England you know there's so much football around um and yeah you know it, it was really it was a really 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 good season really big success but you know I was really grateful to get back and uh to yeah to be back this season really I'm guessing a few of those players have got an eye on the first team as well now knowing uh Knowing that you know the the first team head coach, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big thing, you know. So it hasn't really been done a massive amount um, at Rochdale Football Club, but you know, having that connected point, it's that maturity level. It's like sixteen years old, sort of 
you know, some players, they look completely different at 16, you know, from, from, from each other. It's a big jump up to open age football. You can technically play at 16, but are you ready for that? You know, if the physicality is one thing, but, you know, there's a different different type of dialogue going on on the pitch as well. And I know there was two or three players there that I, that could do it. So they we've had, you know, we've had a few training with us. Um, but the important thing is next year, They'll be in that. They're 16, but there's a few that are 15 in that team. There's like some quite quite weird rules. If you turn 16 at a certain time, you can sort of stay in the team, etc. But the plan is absolutely to get get them through. I mean, they're a really good side. They could absolutely play in a year's time, two years' team, play in those high leagues just as a team themselves. You know, um, but again, it's that tough age. We all remember it's all that 16. Do you carry on playing? Do you have, you know, a lot of the girls now are going and they're getting a job on a Sunday. You know, they want a little bit of extra. So it's, it's that, it's keeping, it's keeping them interested. And I think the more competitive the open age team, sort of the apex of the women's football, the more likely we'll keep them. And I think the, the big investment is going to be in, like I said, standards of coaching and sort of a bit more direction. So now for them, they're like, oh, OK, this guy who's with us last year is gone. So we've got somewhere to go now. And I think that's that's been really important. And I think the community trust that runs the women's side of the football, because it's sort of sli- slightly disconnected from the from the men's football. They, they do sort of coincide, but all the money is, you know, community trust that is all, all raised within the community and it's, you know, it's subs and it's, funding and stuff like that but we all wear the same kit because we have a sponsor that buys the whole kit for us and this year it's bluebird care which is like a big care company and that's local and they um yeah they bought all the kits for all the girls team so it's a big big ask really and um yeah so yeah it that, that that's the direction we're going is that we're going to try and bring a whole young young side up you know and um eventually and if they become a reserves maybe or essentially or, or you know or they become the open age in a few years but they're ready for it it's just again do you rush them through do you not I, i'm a big fan of keeping them playing at the standard they should be as long as possible and then just giving them little glimpses really you know we all know playing football ourselves, you know, it's, so, it's changed so much, you know, I mean, I think I played like men's football a few times when I was 13, 14, playing for you, like your dad's team or whatever. And or, luckily that doesn't really happen anymore now. It's, you're a bit more guided in that, you know, you can't do that as much now. So it's not as daunting. So, but yeah, no, it's going to be exciting the next few years, I think, for the club anyway. For those that are listening that maybe don't know too much about um, the open age team can you tell us kind of like w- what the structure is at the moment in terms of what league they're in and and when they play games and where they play and things like that because I don't think it's something that enough supporters know about really and I'd, I'd include yeah and I think that that was a big thing for me that was when I joined I kind of felt that as well I felt that you know the office the community trust office is on the back of the club you know anyone who's been to the club will have walked past that it's where that that sort of five-a-side kick pitches so we're right there right in the heart of it you know and um you know we go to a lot of players go to games you know a lot we get you know there's tickets and 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 whatnot so yeah essentially right now we're in the sort of greater manchester leagues and it goes sort of premier division one two three um and we're premier right now right right at the top so um then it goes into sort of like a northwest league again then you're sort of because of the way the tiering of women's football is, you, you're not really that, that far off some fairly big teams then. You're sort of like maybe two divisions away from the sort of the Burnleys, the Leeds, the, you know. But then it's like the travel. That's when it gets kind of a bit more 
the costing gets a bit different then and stuff like that. You've got semi, semi-professional sort of teams in there then, you know, so I just using that example of someone like Burnley, I mean, they can, they can afford to pay sort of a, a lot more in terms of, you know, extras and traveling fees and stuff like that. We're not at that stage right now. Um, but that the plan is that's, that was the big structure change that we wanted was they wanted somebody who's going to, restructure in the point that maybe not this year but next year we're going to be going northwest get out of the premier northwest playing teams all over the country all across northwest or whatever and competing but then your sort of talent id stuff starts then now you're finding players that if they're decent enough for you they might end up at your man city manchester united all of those things so that's a big plan as well we don't want to just hold players back you know it'd be nice to have players in and get them you know see them in the wsl or whatever you know playing playing wherever so that's that's another big plan for that how do you go about kind of how does recruitment shape up is it is it kind of just local you know local people that that live local to to the borough or do you pick up maybe girls that have been released from the bigger clubs that kind of thing again i think that's part of sort of sort of the big thing that's changing now um is that it is really tough to recruit it is really, really tough. There's a lot of teams now and people essentially really just want to stay quite local. Um, but the plan is to make Rochdale sort of like the sort of centre of now. So sort of kind of absorbing sort of the Haywards new, you know, all those little small area, smaller areas there, you know, um, t- taking those as, as sort of someone like Oldham's done or Berry, and you know, just to be competing in that sort of, that sort of level, really. Um, recruiting is really, really tough. You essentially... If you haven't got a youth set up, then which which they've sort of kind of struggled to get through players through, we will have that soon. But really, you want a constant flow going through into the first team, and then hopefully attract some sort of decent senior players. But again, you know, we're working on what we can offer at the moment, and and what we can offer right now is going back to what you we were talking about earlier about where we play and stuff like that. We've gone to, for example, we've gone to Mayfield rugby club in Carston a lot of people have been up there and they've got like a brand new pitch up there which is what they say Wembley standard pitch there so that means that the drainage is perfect and you know the everything this is you know as good as you can get really um so that was one of the big things that we wanted to change and I wanted to change because you know it, it does change the style of football I mean I'm as football changes now and obviously winter and all those things you know a lot of teams now are just playing on 3g year round i'm not a massive fan of that i i'm sort of keep it on grass is if you can but weather aside what can you do and if you haven't got the money for drainage if you haven't got somewhere to play what can what can you do really but it does change the style of football you play it definitely changes loads of dynamics to the game i think i'm sort of uh, and but you know but i it is, it's one of those things. Do you want to play year year round? And people do, and it's, but it's it is tough. And you know, finding venues is very very tough. Finding grass pitches, good standard grass pitches, is very very tough. But that's something we've been really working on. But recruitment wise, we're trying to offer, you know, really good standard coaching, really competitive standard um, coaching, and then uh, yeah, just really good facilities. And and just to say, at some point, put that hierarchy of you know, do you want to play for? quote local village school or do you want to play for Rochdale Football Club and you know it's putting that name on it and I think there's no reason why you know we can't get people in on the name and I think we just need to probably change the culture a little bit which is aspire to be 
that just that little bit above but that's what's happening you know like i said this year's sort of a rebuild i think and next year will be a, a big push i would have thought and I, i'd expect us to be right up there and competing for the league premier title next year you mentioned there about um kind of the style of play changing dependent on the facilities you have and things like that what kind of football do you prefer to play what kind of uh, what kind of style can people expect when they come and watch the ladies team yeah, you know, just, it's funny, isn't it? So I think like almost everyone now plays a very similar 4-3-3 kind of pattern because that's what's fashionable. Everyone plays out from the back and all those things. I'll be brutally honest. I'm one of those people, whenever I played as a player, whenever I've coached anyone, I just don't, I really don't like to get rolled over by anyone. I don't like to give up much for free, really. Um, so I do concentrate massively on, you know, defensively first and I know it's not that exciting at first um but for me I yeah I like to be hard to play against in 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 any facet so you know um and then work on that attacking point uh, later you know but it's not boring to watch for sure because you know that that battling style I think is for me I I enjoy it so um but yeah and also I mean inevitably you've got to have the players always got to have with, with attacking football playing out with the back it's, it's great you, you've got to have the players now, you know in, in in professional football centre-backs are essentially as good as anyone on the board that, that mean their pass percentages are like as the highest on anyone you know they're there because they're playing around if you've had somebody who's been playing centre-back for x amount of years and all they do is head and kick you know you're not going to teach them to play out the ball straight away you know, that's going to take a lot of time and space and all those things so for me it's it's when teams come to play against teams that I coach, it's like they're not going to get a lot. You know, they're going to have to do something special to win or they're going to, you know, they have to be really, really good side. So that's where we're at right now. I think once recruitment changes, like I said, when we've got younger players through that played another sort of way and um, once we've got that, you've got that, you know, a lot more pace on the pitch and stuff like that, then you can be a bit free with that. But I don't, I've got no, I don't think there's any shame in being hard to beat personally. You know, I think we we've had that debate on here before, haven't we, Dean? As as kind of fans of the club, around you know, do you prefer to watch a team that plays you know good football, um, when you you potentially sacrifice results as, as a result of playing that way, yeah. or or would you prefer to kind of you know be more difficult to be, you know, maybe be more direct, um, and and kind of you know get the victories, you know, what's more, what do you appreciate more as a yeah. fan, um. I think it's split a little bit between us. I mean, personally, I would prefer the result, you know, and like you just said, I think the key part, I agree with you, sometimes you kind of, you've got to have the personnel, haven't you, to to kind of actually be able to play a certain way and you might as well play to your strengths rather than something that is perceived to be in fashion. Yeah, and I I mean, I was at the, uh, I was at the Forest Green game this year, the home game, and coming from like I said I'm, I'm an Oxford fan I've, I was a season ticket holder I was I, I was five minutes walk away from the Grand Grand I mean I've seen Oxford all the way through I still watch game every every week I watch the games you know if I can I go to all the away games that I can up here and stuff like that and I, I was at that game and I was sort of sat with a few people and I was looking at the two sides and I thought Forrest I mean Brochdale played better football they just they just did Forest Green looked more clinical maybe but then I thought to myself, when I sort of kind of stepped back from that, I, was, I, I thought, well, if they both went up now, Rochdale would probably do better. It's because Forest Green had a very sort of like very big physical team. 
that doesn't really translate to League One as much anymore. I, I, I personally don't think. Like, there are teams that have got out of League One being really like that. Like, Rotherham did it, I thought, when they went up to the Championship that time. They were a big physical side, you know, had a lot of, like, power players or whatever. But I thought Rochdale looked, played really, really well. They just, just looked like a team that like, weren't that had just met. And they, it seems like with loanies and stuff like that, they, 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 they are like that. And, and I think, you know... I think they'll be fine this season because of that quality. They've a bit of quality that they've got, but inevitably like league two is a bit like that. You know, you do get ground down by teams like that. You do get, you know, like I said, that, that sort of that, that back. It used to be, I mean, now everyone's playing out. Even everyone at all levels are playing out now, but it used to be that league two, you know, it was all the four back four looked exactly the same. Like that, every team you you came to, you know, like I remember Oxford when we went up from the, we got back out of the conference, went League Two, you know, from the conference side, we had the same, we had the same team for ages. It just looked like every centre back we got in, every new manager was like, oh, I recognise him. He, he looks exactly like what we had before. Like, why did we get rid of, you know? And then then you strike one lucky season, or you just get the right mix for the right season. But looking at what you know that game, it it felt it didn't feel like you were outgunned or anything by any means I didn't think and I thought they played really really good football and I thought do you know what this this is probably going to come good quicker than most people thought and it seems like it is really looking at the results and stuff like that I mean Colchester that's a tough they'll, they'll be a hard team to beat and then you know obviously really good result against Port Vale and stuff and a bit of a cup run up scared cup cup scare me as a fan anyway down in lower league, like from not lower league, but anything outside of when you've got the big squads. Like every year, I'm worried about being in this, you know, at, you know these trophies. I'm like, how big's our squad? You know, like how many of these games can we play? And you can't get out of them. You know, you, you could lose two, three games and still be in it. You know, so it, that 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 worries me a little bit because I think for Rochdale, like you know, they should be up and around there, shouldn't they? By the end of the year, they should be in that playoff ups. Hopefully, you know, and um, and I think. Looking at the football they're playing, and you know, just a side thing, you got Liam Kelly the other day. I saw that. If you can keep him fit, he's a player. He is a player. I was reading the comments on Instagram when he went there, and I was like, all these people just, you know, ragging on him, ragging on him, ragging on him. I was like, they, they've obviously not seen him play because if he's fit, he is excellent on the ball. He steers the game very, very well. And he was, he could probably have been. He, that year that we almost went up in the playoffs, Oxford, he could have been a championship player. So you can't say he's not got that ability. You know, he was, he's absolutely fine. He's only 25 years old. Keep him. You got him on a two year, keep him for a year, get him playing. He's going to be, he'll be great. He'll be a great player for you guys if you can keep him fit. He actually strikes me as the kind of player who would be a coach's player, if that makes sense. Like the kind yeah. of player that, that a coach would appreciate more than your average fan. Yeah, I, I think he's, he spears the game in the right ways. You know, like he knows how to slow the pace down. He knows how to speed it up. He knows all those things. But I just think he's just not played enough. And and, that, and that's what it, come, it comes down to. But I think, like I said, when I saw that you'd signed him on a two-year, I was a bit like crazy. Like, oh, he's gone for two years. Like that's, you know, because he's just, he's essentially just been out on loan for ages, you know. He obviously was in Red, Reading signed him, but before it, well, he was at Reading, I think he was line, loaned out to a few player, few teams, and then came back, and then he went to Feyenoord, <laughs> of all places. <laughs> you know, like, how did he end up at Feyenoord? But you, I don't think you can be at somewhere like that and not learn something. You know, 
what a huge side there. I mean, I'm not sure who his coach was then, but I mean, but I, I, when he came to us, we like I said, we, we had an abundance of midfielders and I think he was just a little bit, never really got that match fitness. So we had him 20, 30 minutes. But when we had him for 20, 30 minutes, I thought he was very, very good. I mean, I've not seen him play for Rochdale, but he did play the other night, didn't he? Uh, was it was it against Port Vale? No, was it in the cup he played? He played in the Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. Did he did he start or? Yeah, he scored in, yeah. in the first half. I saw that he scored. Did he play, he played well then? But yeah, I thought he did all right. He um, you can tell he's technically good. He's quite mm. small, isn't he? So yeah, he's um, yeah, he he night. You know that it'll be interesting to see how he fares in League Two. Um, but reading reading a couple of like, kind of Oxford fans reviews, they were kind of saying that he can he can kind of put a tackle in and whatnot. I think it was. Um, was it was the linky app Stam? I think Yap Stam had him at Reading. Right, yeah, that and makes think, sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense actually. Yeah, and kind of I don't know if he took him over to Feyenoord or put a recommendation in, but yeah, I agree with you. He's I think he had a really good reputation when he brought through at Reading. Um, it's kind of yeah, like well, lots of bigger things. Deal off him being loaned out to someone. I think he was at like Bath or somewhere, somewhere strange like that. I mean, then they gave him a three year, so he must have been decent yeah. enough. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna throw a free year at you for nothing. And then they obviously they obviously loaned him out just to give him the games. It wasn't a case he couldn't compete, but obviously, you know, in the championship is anything, you can't really give people a go in the championship, can you? They have to kind of be a bit proven. And like I said, when yeah, what do you play for us? I, I again I, I think fans sometimes can probably overlook what I think watching TV, that this is another argument, I think when you're watching games live and watching games on TV, it's just two different things as well. You know, you've been doing off- said a lot about last season, isn't it, Luke? That, that players, yeah. players like Oli Rathbone, who I don't know how much of him you'd have seen last season, but watching him on TV, you can't, you, you don't see that kind of that work rate and that energy that when mm. you're at the game, you appreciate him chasing the ball down, pressing in the last minute when it's, when the game's still in the balance and on TV. You know, he misplaces one pass when he gets on the ball and you think, oh, he's playing terribly, but really you're not seeing all those things that you can see in person. Yeah, it just, you don't, yeah, you don't get a feel of the, I don't think you really get a feel of the pace of the game. You don't really feel like, you know, I I, I read reports on games sometimes or whatever after I've watched one and they'd be like, you know, there's this one-sided affair. I'm like, kind of, but you can have the ball for 70 minutes and not create a chance. And like, you know, so... Is that is that one sided or is that some is that a defensive side just holding you holding you doing what they're supposed to do? You know what I mean? But I think when you see things live, you see people. Like I said what people are doing off the ball, and what the spaces they're creating, and the times that they don't get the ball when they should have got it, and 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 stuff like that. Or you know, I think I use this example all the time, like from friends that are like Man United fans and like, you know, Old Trafford every every week. And when I watch Paul Pogba on TV, I think, why is he not in all these gaps? I see all these gaps. I'm like, why is he not in that gap? Why is he not in that gap? And then my friends, they say like, yeah, but when he gets the ball, he, he, he almost always does something with it. So I'm like, I can understand that from a point of view. Like, and I can understand that he probably creates a space by players standing off him sometimes or not wanting to get too tight to him. So maybe he creates a gap somewhere else. And, you know, a lot of times I, I watch players like that and I think, yeah, when you see them live, I think that that that's it's super important, super important to see see players live. If you really want to get a feel for how good they are, you know, then like just just the stress they cause certain players and and also maybe when they aren't as good as you think, you know, um, they're then 
I often say that about strikers. Sometimes you look at a team and you think, well, all they've got is one decent striker there. And oh, he gets the most goals that season. I think, well, who else would have got it in sometimes? I get a bit of that sort of you know, Oxford at the moment, we've got Matty Taylor. We haven't we got sort of Sam Winnell, got a few players that kind of almost done it, but Matty Taylor's sort of the main man, so he does get most of the goals because it almost ends up with him every time. So it, you know, it's it, it's tough. Like it's hard to know. Like he, yeah, find, finding a decent strike, I mean, that, that's a whole other concept, you know. But I think, like I said, yeah, reading back to you, you guys will be really, really, you guys will be really, really okay, I think, based on the style of football. But, you know, you guys are up there every week seeing it live. But when I saw it, like I said, for a game that you lost against Forest Green, I thought you did really well. So like they, they, you could see it. You could see what's going to happen. You know, you could see there's something there. And it seems like you've got a good manager too, from what I've, what I've heard, you know. From, from what I've heard of him, he seems a pretty, a very humble, humble guy and just wants to do well, you know, wants to do well for the club and understands what the agendas are, you know, and stuff like that. And not an easy time to come in, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think we're all quite excited by, by the future under him from what we've seen so far. I think especially after, it's a difficult time to come in, but especially after, after the relegation, four or five seasons of kind of just about finishing above the relegation zone. It, it's felt in a way like a fresh start. Things have changed off the field um, and he's been able to come in and build the squad quickly. It's going to be difficult. It's going to take time for it to gel totally, but we can definitely see like the, um, we can see it starting to grow now um, and, and it's exciting. Definitely. League one is a tough league to stay in now. Yeah. It's not like the, like, Everything now, I mean, look at the teams that are dropping into League One. Sheffield Wednesdays, like Hull came down. You know, Luton, the season they went up, they got 100 odd, 100 points or whatever. Like, you know, there's some good... Barnsley came down a couple of seasons ago. They 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 got... They released one player from the champ when they came down, which is insane. Like, for them to drop down and not lose a single player. Yeah, it, it, that's wild. And then, you know, you've got everyone else who's <laughs> essentially having to sell a player every year to, to, to recycle or whatever. It's so complicated. League One's so difficult to get, to, to, to stay in or definitely to get out of, but, you know, down in that bump. So who came down last season? I can't remember now. With us? Yeah. Uh, Northampton was one of them. Uh, Swindon and... Yeah. Help Luke. <laughs> I remember Swindon went down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Who's the other one now? Uh, I'll have to get up there for that home game when uh, when you guys play Swindon. So yeah, definitely do. I'll, 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 I'll don the shirt for that one for you. <laughs> um, Ooh, we're head obviously head we're head not head gonna head we're head not head. gonna get that third team unless I look. So I'm gonna have to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? it? it was Swindon, Northampton, and. God, my mind's going to be going blank now. Someone, someone else. Oh, Bristol Rovers, it was. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they're right. They're in trouble too. Yeah, I, I don't fancy them to have a good season. I must admit, yeah. I thought the recruitment looks quite good, but until um until they change things in the dugout, I don't think. I don't think they'll yeah. be anything to worry about. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like people. This is we talk about football. And just, I mean, this is like me being back at like me being at Rochdale. Just reminds me, just like being an Oxford fan back when I was younger as well. And just like you know that feeling, like you just meet everybody. You can meet, 
you you can ring up the man you could email the manager you could like chat to chat to the players it's something like just so much nicer about it than whatever football's become I don't want to be that miserable person but like I I do feel like you know I, I listen to some of these like kids play and they're coaching and I see them turn up with their sort of Paris Saint-Germain shirts on and I'm just like, oh, you know, I mean, I was like a ball boy there, you know, I was like, you know, these are my heroes and I'll, and I'll say to people, oh, these are my heroes and they would have never heard of them, never heard of half of the players, you know, and I'm like, oh, this kills me, kills me, you know, it's just something about being in, I mean, Rochester, what a good stadium as well, like you're right on top of the football, it's just, there's no bad seats. It's just like in, in the ground, it's just perfect. It's just yeah. Tuesday night floodlight game. I just love them. You know, that's every that's everything about football that I love. It goes deeper than that as well, because um, like we again, we've said it before. Like like all my group of mates have all come through the football club in one way or another. Yeah. You don't necessarily get that around the town as a Man United fan, for example, because everyone's a Man United fan. But just through the common interest of the football club, you know, it's just weird how yeah. kind of life events. Like, I wouldn't be in the job that I'm in now if it weren't for the football club in a weird way, because I wouldn't have met the lad that kind of was a Dale fan in the first place that got right. us in there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 You mentioned Scotland cool. there. I just, wanted, I just had a quick question to ask you about that because, um, I don't know how feasible this is. Is there any chance of like the women's team playing? A game at Scotland because I've noticed that that's a thing that's happening higher up the pyramid with those sort of WSL teams playing at the Etihad and yeah. have played there and it's proven to be pretty successful. Is there any like sort of plans in the pipeline to get a game at yeah, Scotland? So I had a, yeah, I had a meeting with George Delvers, who's the COO of Rochdale. Um, that article came out um, about me sort of being hired and stuff, and uh, and that was a conversation that started straight away. And I think. It, do you know what? Do you know the hardest people to deal with in the whole world is groundsmen? Because <laughs> they're like the hardest working, most precious people, you know? And they, you know, and I think it's with the brand new pitch as well and all of those things. So I think it's a bit complicated at the moment. They're, they've done such an amazing job up there. And like for us to play there at some point would be an absolute gift. And I think, I think at some point, this, by the end of the season, it will happen, fingers crossed. Um, and it would be amazing to get people there and all of, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely definitely going to happen at least once this year, hopefully. And then next season, maybe a little bit more. But yeah, depends. It, again, it's like, how do you how do you work out cost-worthy? Because like, obviously the rugby league's there at one point as well. And there's, there's all these like corresponding things. But we we do play there once a year. We do like a coaches versus players kind of thing. So that that we do that one one thing. But um, but yeah, I think the plan is to get at least one game on there. I mean, it'd be nice to do it just purely to get a light on on the ladies' football for for, for fans of the of the you know the men's team as well. And um, I think it's just do you know there's something nice about I mean just having an, another access point to the club. And I think for girls, young girls out there. Oh, do you want to spend fifteen quid on a ticket and you know blah blah blah? Half, halfway through, they're like, I don't want to be there or whatever. You know, you don't want to be there. Or, but then, like, it's like, well, why not just take them to the ladies' game? You know, why not? Why not? And then it, it just builds as it as it goes and stuff like that. And and I think, it, like like you were saying before. 
sports. Like we need to get create a connection between the men's fans and the ladies fans, even if it's just a case of like, do you know we have a competitive ladies team? And do you know that they're going somewhere? You know, maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's, you know, definitely this season we'll have, the ladies team will be at one of the games and we'll all be there and, you know, we'll get a bit of spotlight that sense. But I think it's more just of like, well, people that love the club will love them. And let's just open that little door out to them and, you know, for sure. All the training kits are the same. Everything's the same right across the board. So we just need to get more eyes on it, I think. And for anyone who does like want to come to games, where do they go to find out kind of the fixtures and, and things like that? Yeah, so they'll be on the they'll be on the club site. If you go onto the main club site and go across and it says community trust, they'll be on that. They'll be on the club site there. And it'll be yeah, so all home games are gonna be at Mayfield Rugby Club. Um as of right now. Um, yeah, and they're going to be Sundays at two o'clock. So they can come down for that free, come down and watch. And the plan is to, to, to sort of connect with them a little bit more, but eventually have our own space to play in and have all that stuff. Right now, it's uh, that that's the spot. And I think before we were sort of kind of, they were playing mismatch of a place. Uh, now we've got like a proper home, which will make it a lot easier come and chat and meet players and we can all, you know, again, cross over and combine a little bit and, you know, be, yeah, be good to have you two down, actually. That'd be nice. Well, I, I actually am um, a Sunday league team based in Castleton who kick off at 11 o'clock. So I'll definitely be making the walk up after our games for a few, a few games this season, 100%. Perfect. Yeah, great. That's yeah, That'd be really good. Yeah, that's it. And I think it's that, I think it's having that, I think a lot of times we haven't had that confidence or just to say hey come, come down and watch please you know we, we actually really appreciate it there's nothing wrong with that and I think that's another thing we need to reach out to fans and say yeah we need your help you know well we need we need we need you to come and watch you know players on our on our team girls all down down the pyramid of players you know they're all coming to watch the men's team you know they're all they're all going there they're all proud to be part of the club and it'd be nice that'd be really helpful I think I mean, just don't tell them that the manager's an Oxford fan as well. Just like, <laughs> from that. How has how the season actually started, Todd? Um, how have you been getting on so far? Uh, we've had one game. Uh, we lost the first game against Sale. It's, it's, like, it's, it's a big rebuild. I think, just to emphasize how big a rebuild it is, it's, I think by the time the last ball got kicked at the end of the season, last season, I think 12 players have gone. Some for, you know multiple reasons some for just look we need to push the club in a different direction kind of thing so it has been recruit 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 again I think this season big rebuild um I think by sort of mid-season we'll be you know we'll be right right there with every every team there I think right now it's sort of kind of we're changing a lot at the same time and that can be quite complicated um and stuff and yeah, just, just they're gelling bit by bit, really. Um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, that by the end of the season, stay in that league and then sort of next season, I, I'm, I'm really confident by next season, I think we'll we'll be right there. And if not, if we're not winning it right there, you know, so but there's some good sides again. More and more women's sides popping up over and over again. More and more people wanting to play. So it's no different from any any. any Side men's football as well. Like you, you have to recruit the right players. 
you have to play a style that, again, wins your games, I think, to an extent. And you have to have a, a bit of an eye on the prize, really, is are you ready to go up? That's a big thing. You know, I think I don't think they've been ready to probably go up. That's that's been been a bit of an issue. They've had loads of success, but not quite ready to go up. And I think that's been something we've been talking about for ages. Can we get the players? If we do go up, we're not we're not way out of our depth. Um, and that starts from now. And I think I said like you were talking about before, the under sixteens and under eighteen story coming up again will fill a lot of that problem out because you know very eager young players, you know that are hitting their sort of physical physical peak, being like right, let's get into the first team and. Yeah, and that and that'll be big. And you know, the, the big thing we want to probably try and get reserves in as well. You know, things like that, just that support that. So, but no different, no different from any any other team. I think number one is recruitment, and probably I think can you get the right players in? And that's tough in any level of anything, um, as as we know. You know, what does training look like? How often do you kind of are you able to get together and and, and train? Yeah, so it's sort of twice a week at the moment. Um, it sort of takes two forms, really. Uh, well, we've got a few of the under-18s in there already, so they're kind of... There's a couple that are on the BTEC course at, at the Community Trust. Um, I don't think many people know about but that, but it's, it's good to know that uh, Rochdale uh, Community Trust are running a BTEC programme now for boys and and girls. So you can do your college sort of A-level kind of kind of stuff there now. Um, and a few of them are sort of training all throughout the week and training Wednesday night. So we're doing sort of like a, we're doing a, a session on a Wednesday night and then a Thursday night as well. And it's uh, on the Thursday night, eight to nine and stuff. But again, you know, it is, it is difficult with inevitably it's amateur football, isn't it? So you can sort of, you can have a grind at it and sort of say, let's train two, three nights a week, but A, you need the funds for that and you need the bodies really. Um, and you, and it gets a lot easier when people have sort of like, you know, got contracts and stuff like that. But right now you've got people that are working full time and they, you know, it, it is a tough sell. And as, and as it gets into the cold months, you know, <laughs> gets, it gets even harder, but I'm a big fan of like, you know, floodlight training. There's something romantic about it. Like I just, something I, I, all summer, I, I don't, I like it, but as soon as it gets to that cold romantic sort of like, yeah, the floodlights come on. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is football now. Like it's a bit, there's something about it. You know, you're like, let's get a run in because I'm freezing to death here. Like that, that, I don't mind that at all. And um, so, yeah, yeah. Two nights a week at the moment. Um, we'd like to do, I think again, next year, there's already plans in. We've had planning meetings for it already. Next year, I think it'll be there'll be a fitness session, sort of a tactical session, and you know maybe another one as well. So again, though, with 18s coming up, that will help a lot because they're very eager to play, and that mixture will help a lot. And um, but again, we need to offer them that feeling of like if we're going to do all that stuff, we're going to have to be competing for a league. I think so. But that is the plan. I noticed in the um, in the article on the on the club website about you coming in. Um, you mentioned you were still looking for some backroom staff at that point. Are you still looking for for backroom team members and, and new players? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, everything from everything from co- people with coaching experience. Um, anything with physio a physio would be really really helpful. It's really hard to get people to dedicate that time, but they're so vital, you know, because injuries 
you know, re- injuries can not only just stop your football, I mean, they can stop your work week, it's, it, everything. So that would that, be really, really helpful. We are always looking. And also just people for generally for the committee, for the club and for all the ladies teams, that, that's massive for us. You know, that's where something maybe that Rochdale fans that you know may want to reach out and be like well i'd love to be you know i'll tell you what you want to be part of rochdale football club you want to help mold a club this is your chance the ladies football needs people to mold this club they need people that are passionate about football and, and passionate about rochdale football and to me there should be four four and a half thousand of those every every week you know at least you know and, and, and it's not a case of committing so much time and I think everyone seems to think that there's this idea that you have to commit so much to it but it might just be that you know somebody who's got a business you might be somebody who knows somebody who's got a therapy set you know and it might just be that and then suddenly again that 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 crossover between the the fans and, and the team and you know you're right on top, like I said you're really connected to it then and um yeah that, that's what we're looking for we're looking for really passionate people um that are willing to give just a small amount of time, really. And whether that's on a match day, whether that's within just the infrastructure of the club. And uh, yeah, we're really keen. And if, you know, if you do want to be part of it, you know, definitely email and we'll, there, there's so many people ready to take that email and, you know, and get back to you. So, you know, who knows, you two might even help out. I mean, I'm not putting anything out there, but, you know, I don't know how busy you guys are, but this is, this is a help within itself. Do you have a, an email address you can throw out there now for anyone to, to email in if needed? Yeah, it's ladies, uh, ladies OA, so O for Oscar, A for Alpha, the ladies OA at rochdaleafc.co.uk. Brilliant. Well, hopefully your, your inbox will be flooded with, with plenty of people. I mean, help out. I'm sure it will be. It'll all be your guys' uh, help for sure. I mean, it's just thank. I mean, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on, and you know, it's nice to just chat to proper football fans. You know, I'm 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 stranded up here as an Oxford fan. I mean, I bump into the odd one or two, but you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, it's just nice to chat to the real football fans that care about. I mean, the real part of football, really, which is actually, you know, the actual clubs. I think people forget that they forget that like clubs need to run on fans, essentially. You know. And uh, especially, especially like, you know, if you're outside of the Premier League, outside of the top six of the Premier League, not even the Premier League, top six of the Premier League, you know, you need fans all the time, you know, to pushing the club, really supporting the club. Then I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, Todd, but we normally finish with, with a little game. Go on then. So what, what we normally do is we pick it... Um, we pick a Dale match from years gone by and we try and get everyone to name the, the team. But obviously, as an Oxford fan, I thought what oh, I'd do is... going to be tough. Yeah, going to say, well, yeah. I thought what I'd do is I'd get the last game between Rochdale and Oxford and I'd try and get Luke to name the Rochdale team and you to name the Oxford team. So it, it was a 4-3 win for Oxford last season at Scotland, uh, obviously during, during the lockdown. So none of us were there to watch it. Um, yeah. But we'll start with you since you're the guest. So all you need to do is name any player... Who was who was in Oxford's um, match day squad for that game? Brannigan. Yeah, that's right. So Luke, your turn for for the Dale side. Oh man, bad bad memories. Um, I'm going to have to go for Bizunu because that's the first thing that came through my head. Yeah, I knew I knew you'd remember that Bizunu miskick at the end. I'll go Elliot Moore. 
Yeah, that's correct. Um, O'Connell. Oh. No, Dawn. <laughs> Dawn. O'Connell must have been injured, mate, so... <laughs> you know, we're not even tested him. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon I've got a few in. I reckon I've got a few in the locker as well. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a chance to uh, to flex your muscles and give us a few more if you want. I think Elliot Moore must have been Atkinson. Yeah. I think. Can I'll go for a rogue one just to make it interesting. I think. I think Obita played. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would have been a. <laughs> I reckon Danny Gay. Yeah. Yeah, on the right. I'm trying to think. I mean, left, I mean, I, I, I'm almost certain I could probably get the right and left back, but they're almost so obvious. A bit like what you've just done there. They're so obvious that I feel like if I say them, they're going to be wrong. <laughs> Luke's so absolutely last... controllable. <laughs> uh, yeah, get on with it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stevens, yep. Yeah, Jack Stevens in goal. So we've got Elliot Moore, Rob Atkinson. So Ruffles left back. Yeah. Sam Long right back. Yeah. Oh, well, I must be can't be too far off having a full bag here. Oh, see, there's rubbing it in Luke's face at this point, though. Eh? <laughs> field. I can't. I. I mean, I'm trying to think. Was it? It was four. Four three, wasn't it? Yeah, four three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll have to go Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so am I just one off or two off? Yeah, two off the start and 11. Uh, this could be tough, actually. Uh, Rodriguez? No, Rodriguez wasn't there. So, so I mean, you've got nothing to be ashamed of, mate. You've won by about eight there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. who, were the other, who were the other two then? So, the other two were Hansen. Oh, God. And, yeah. and Gorin. Yeah, Gorin Rodriguez, yeah, that same person. Oh, so, right, okay. oh no, that's then, my bad. Let's have it. That's my bad. Gorin, but for some reason on team sheets, sometimes it comes to Rodriguez. So, yeah, Gorin, I love that. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have got Hanson in a million years. 10 out of 11 is not bad going, though, is it? Thank you very much. I mean, I feel just absolutely proud that I've, I've got that. Like, Especially the Abita one, because... He was one of those players, I mean, you know, five years from now, we're never, never going to remember that guy. So I was just thinking, like, but I remember that it was a mad game. Absolutely chaotic. Was that a Tuesday night, that one? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. That's another one of those weird ones. You know, like, as an Oxford fan, you're sort of looking for all these teams. And when you get the fixture list, you're like, right, which night's this? And almost sod's law, it's almost always, against Rochdale, it's almost always like a night that I couldn't go. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I think, to be fair, I think we've had a pretty good run at Spotland, because I remember I think one Saturday I think we won four nil or three nil. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I remember four nil when it was when um, when Keithville went a little bit a little bit rogue and we were losing four. I think you had like one of the most injury prone game. I mean, you had literally everyone was out. But then that happened against Lincoln the other week for us as well. I mean, I think Lincoln came with thirteen players or something crazy like that. So, but you know what? You take it. I'll take it. I'll take the win. Whenever I'm back on again. I'll take this, you know, one, one nil. Oh, it would be a pleasure to have you back <laughs> on, mate. And thank, thanks for giving up your time to talk to us tonight. No, I absolutely appreciate you having me on. Like I said, I, I'd happily come on and just talk about talk about football forever. And hopefully, like I said, I'm going to try and get to as many Rochdale games as possible this year. Um, yeah, just, I think, you know, 
it's just getting, as I said, those midweek games are the ones I like for sure. If I can get away on a Saturday, I will, but you know, but yeah, if you, if you guys are around for a pint and uh, after the game, before the game, I'll, I'll be my pleasure to buy you one. We'll pop over, uh, Dean, for to watch him on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I'm, I'm at yeah. Matty Moss on, on a Sunday morning anyway, so it's a five-minute walk for me after we play, so definitely see you up there at some point. Yeah, brilliant. No, that, yeah, that'd be great. I really, yeah, really appreciate that. I mean, I, I think this year, one thing I was really big on is like, let's get a good cut run going, you know. So, mate, you know, be, that'd be a really nice one as well. But yeah, any, any time, any time come over and like I said, you can have a pint in the bar after. Luke, uh, I'll just say thanks very much for, uh, for coming on as always, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot. And I'm just just before just before a sign off, I just wanted to give a shout out to whoever the listener is who works at Lance Cricket Club. Um, I forgot your name, mate, but you sorted my ticket problems out today, and it was uh, it was nice to have a chat about Dale uh, and listening to the podcast. So thanks for that, and uh, thanks to to everyone who tunes in. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll catch you all next time. Up the Dale. <laughs>